Hello friends, welcome back to another episode of the Bare and Brutal podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, and today is episode four. Um, I set out a poll on my story sometime last week, and I put about three topics on there for y'all to vote on, and the winning topic was the child of parent immigrants experience. That's a mouthful. Um, But today I just wanted to talk about my experience growing up being Vietnamese American, um, the kind of clash of cultures that happened there, pros of having a partner that shares the same cultural understanding as you, and kind of talking about my fear of losing my culture and the importance of location in choosing your spouse. So yeah, let's get into it. First off, I would like to thank everybody for listening to last week's episode, despite the sound quality. Let me tell you, I stayed up till pretty much like 4.30 in the morning trying to fix that audio, and it got to a point where I was like, you know what, I just need to cut my losses. Um, I'm tired as fuck, so I'm so sorry. Thank you for bearing with me with that audio, and hopefully this week we are back to the regular awesome audio. So yeah, um, let's get into it. Growing up Vietnamese American, um, what can I say about this? I think I can sort of speak for the universal Vietnamese American experience in that you go through this interesting division. Also, not that I'm the fucking spokesperson for being Vietnamese American, but I feel like talking with other friends and family members, this is just kind of a universal thing going on you know growing up there were times in spaces whether it be school or family parties or whatever it was where I felt way too Asian so to speak I felt way too Asian just out of place like it was very very evident that I was the minority and I had to prove that I'm American even though I was literally born in North Carolina And English was a very, very close second language. And then there were other times on the tail end where I felt like I wasn't Asian enough. I grew up going to Vietnam almost every summer with my mom. And I also recall feeling that same kind of isolation that I felt in America. I wasn't Vietnamese Vietnamese. I was the kid from America. You know, them telling me your Vietnamese is American Vietnamese. They almost described it in a way as less than, like an insult. And so I think for a while I struggled how to navigate existing in these spaces, not only just with my own like thoughts with it and own experiences, but because I was put in different experiences that made me feel that way too. Like, for example, (laughs) I can think of in freaking first grade kindergarten, um, I was put in an ESL class despite speaking perfectly English. Um, My first language was Vietnamese, but literally English was very, very close after that. So by the time I went to school, I could already speak English really well. And for some reason, um, the teachers decided to put me in ESL. Not that they did any of their own research or anything. Um, It was probably just because I didn't really talk. I was very, very shy as a kid. And I remember my mom going to like one of those teacher parent conferences 
and she's like why the hell is my kid in fucking ESL she speaks English and they're like oh my goodness I'm so sorry ma'am like we just assumed so yeah they (laughs) they assumed that I couldn't speak English so I was in an ESL class and you know little old Michelle was just like okay cool I get to go to this cool other class with these kids who don't really talk to me either um and I didn't know anything so that was one experience you know just already right off the bat being labeled as oh this kid is she's Asian she doesn't speak well at the time because I was so shy so they just kind of they slapped that label on me and they put me in ESL other times I can think of when I went to high school I grew up in Garland and if y'all don't know how Garland is it's very very diverse super diverse So when I went to high school, I ended up moving to Keller and it is the complete opposite from Garland. I, when I tell you that I went through a culture shock going to that school the first day, it was just, it was primarily white people. Um, I could probably count how many people of color in the entire high school there were on one hand. Um, yeah, I had multiple experiences with racism there and also just feeling so so out of place like it was very very evident that I am the minority here and so that was also another space where I struggled navigating how to exist you know I think I spent a lot of my time trying to prove to both sides like hey I belong here I swear I can speak English or I can speak Vietnamese I know the cultures from both sides I'm enough so let me in you know I felt like I wanted to be part of what felt like this exclusive club that I didn't seem to have access to and I can't particularly pinpoint the moment I realized this but somewhere along the way I think I just got tired of feeling like I had to perform or kind of put on a show to be accepted and in reality they were right I didn't fit into either sides because being Vietnamese American is an entirely different thing I have both cultures existing in me and I can't just ignore one or the other you know and I've heard people talk about how they navigated the same experiences and instead of embracing both and finding that kind of sweet middle ground some people just try to completely erase one side and I think it's a pretty common trope I've seen where families immigrate here and they want to completely assimilate so parents will push their children to learn English and to always speak it no matter what so that they can become you know the best American or you have some parents who didn't understand the differences in American culture and try to cling and still force really strict and outdated ideals onto their kid. So you have like two completely opposite ends of the spectrum, you know, and I think this is a great segue into another aspect of this topic. Western and Asian cultures are a complete clash from one another. The very foundations of each culture are so different, you know, typically Asian or Eastern culture is very community-based. It's very much about the collective and the community. It's seen as a huge show of virtue if you put yourself and your ego aside and place others before you. And what can you do to the best of your abilities to blend into society and be modest and grateful? And, you know, the ways of thinking are just completely different. Whereas with Western or American culture, it's the complete opposite. We place value on the individual. We encourage and praise being unique and forging your own path. 
in general, I think Western culture is not about modesty. Um, we speak what's on our mind, even when it comes to, you know, respect with Eastern culture, the elders are seen with such high regard. Respect is already a given and expected, even down to the way we address our siblings. You know, there's a clear hierarchy that's that lets you know exactly which place of birth that person is. So, for example, you know, my oldest brother, I call him Anhai. So when someone says Anhai, you know exactly, oh, that is the oldest brother in the family, you know. In Western culture, respect, on the other hand, must be earned in most cases. Once you're 18, you're an adult. Um, in Asian culture, it's very normal for you to live with your parents until you're 30. Or, you know, you if you move out, you end up moving your parents in with you and they live with you until the rest of their days. So these are examples, you know, that I can just think of off the top of my head. But they don't even begin to touch all the differences and nuances between the two. But I think it does give an idea on why the fuck it was so hard for us to balance between the two of these cultures because they're so different from one another. And so I think I felt that pull and that struggle a lot growing up. Like I felt like I was being pulled one way, then being pulled the other way. And yeah, I don't know. I I think I felt the weight of all of these expectations. Um, I wanted to serve my parents and repay them for all that they did and sacrificed to come over here, you know, kind of like that collectivism mindset. And I mean, how could I forget when it was literally beaten into my head every day? My mom would tell me how they fled from the war in Vietnam and how they were attacked by fucking pirates and almost drowning with sharks. I mean, it's fucking crazy and wild to even think about a 12-year-old witnessing war, rape, death, and coming to a scary new country where you have absolutely no support and you know absolutely nothing. No language, no culture, no finances. Like, how do you even fucking make your way in a world like that? <laughs> I, I can't even imagine. My mom at one point made me... So I used to be a really big reader growing up. I mean, I feel like I have, I have more time to read now, but when I was working and in college and everything, I didn't really get to read a lot for pleasure. But anyway, besides the point, when I was a kid, I used to read so much and I read the books that I loved, like fantasy, like romance, young adult type stuff, you know? And my mom used to get really mad at me because she's like, why are you reading all these books? You need to read something that's going to matter and it's important and something you can learn. So she literally took me to Half Price Books, which was my favorite place ever, and she made me buy these books about the Vietnam War. And when I tell you, they were thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. Like these books were 500 pages long. And I remember she would make me sit down and read about the Vietnam War and learn about the history. So yeah, I mean, how did I balance this kind of ingrained sense of guilt with having my own desires? How did I enjoy pouring into frivolous hobbies and working on what I'm passionate about when my mom literally worked her ass off and sacrificed so much? I felt like it was kind of a part of my responsibility to be this martyr and Again, I can't tell you how I made the switch or how I found the balance or the answers to these questions, but I think along the way, it's important to acknowledge and realize that, yes, our parents immigrated here because they wanted to have a better life. 
they took a chance on the basis that their children and their children's children and their children won't have to bear the same burdens that they did. And I think now that I'm older, I can extend a little grace to my mom. I can understand that she may have had a little resentment towards me. I mean, shit, I I would feel resentment too, you know? I mean, if I think about it, my mom literally came here when she was 12 years old. Um, She kind of bared a lot of the responsibility in the family and literally had to sacrifice so many of her own desires for the greater good of the family and whatnot. And I think as you grow older, you kind of realize that your parents aren't these superheroes like they don't have everything figured out and they're just as human as everybody else and they're just trying to figure things out and do the best they can and so I think of my mom you know raising kids and realizing man like she is human she was human and I think it's completely normal to feel resentment in those um, regards because yeah she didn't get to do the things that she wanted and I'm pretty sure seeing and witnessing her children go and do these fun things and live their lives in the way that she didn't get to was probably really hard for her, you know, and I think that was hard for me growing up because I remember being feeling so trapped and hurt because of things that my mom would say or do and by no way or by no means am I excusing my mom for, you know, doing these things or saying these things to me as a kid because ultimately you know that wasn't on me but I can at least I have some understanding now and I can extend that grace to her and I think I'm a bit more at peace with those things um from my childhood so yeah man now that I'm older I actually really really appreciate my mom for taking the time to teach me those ideals and making me sit in the kitchen and watch her cook these traditional Vietnamese meals granted you know she could have like not done it in a traumatizing way by threatening me but besides that I find myself now wanting to hold on to those lessons a little bit tighter and you know having kids is way way out of the fucking picture but I do find myself kind of panicking because I don't want to lose these things you know because if I don't pass it down to my kids then it's just gone oh man I was not expecting to get emotional like this and I don't mean like the generational trauma or the guilt I mean the good things like the pieces of my mom or the pieces of my culture, you know, those stories of the strength and the resilience, you know, they're all gone if I don't make it a point to keep those things alive. And <laughs> I don't know if that that's like just me being dramatic or like, does anyone else feel that way when they think about, I don't know, their mom and your culture, like, I just feel like there's so many little things that she taught me and I don't want to lose it. Like even silly little things like her superstitions. (laughs) Like my mom um, used to tell me like, oh, you can't, you know, clean on this day or whatever or else it's bad luck or like, um, (laughs) 
when she would tell me about ghosts and how to deal with them or like when I got my first apartment I asked her to come and put some incense on and basically pray over the apartment and everything like I just don't want to lose these little details and lessons and things that my mom taught me so I had this one moment kind of like now where I'm like literally panicking because I'm like how do I keep all of these things in my brain and save it for years because I'm not planning to have them kids right now how do I save it in my brain until I do or if I do have children so that I can tell them about these things that you know grandma showed me like how do I get my kid to go in the kitchen with me and teach them how to cut the broccoli and put soy sauce in and sugar and chili peppers like all these little things so yeah can y'all tell me that I'm not the only one who feels this way like am I a little crazy for thinking about this stuff I hope I'm not I don't think I'm alone in this and if you're not please please tell me and share because I would love to panic together (laughs) oh man I was not expecting to get emotional and cry like that. That was a little crazy. Okay. So yeah, Um, I think that kind of also brings me to the last topic I wanted to touch on. I think that it's definitely a benefit of being with someone who shares the same culture as you do. Um, I've talked to Michael about this before, and I think it's something we both really value a lot, our culture. So that'll definitely make things easier knowing that it's a shared priority and that, you know, my partner wants to make it a point to share these things with our kids. Um, While I've enjoyed experiences with people who have different cultures, and I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to mix cultures and learn new things from each other. I also think that there's this kind of indescribable feeling being with someone who just gets it. I love that we can say things in Vietnamese to each other when we're trying to talk some shit about a Karen and we understand. Or I love that we can share in the love of our favorite traditional Vietnamese foods. Um, You know, we like the smell of fish sauce and we don't think it's putrid or disgusting most of the time. (laughs) It's just an interesting dynamic that I never really thought about until I had other experiences being with people who have different backgrounds. And it's not that either one is better than the other they're just different and good in their own ways yeah this transitions well into the last thing that I'm going to touch on today Um, today's kind of a short episode but choosing your location that you're going to settle in and your spouse I think are the two two most important decisions you will ever make like I kind of disassociate a lot And think about the fact that I live in Texas and I went to UT Arlington and I met Michael, but there could have been me in an alternate universe who decides to, I don't know, study abroad and meet someone in fucking Norway. Or maybe my grandpa decided to take the first sponsor out of the refugee camp to go to Australia and I end up being born in Melbourne and I have a pet wallaby with my husband from New Zealand. Like... It's just crazy to think about how big of a role our location has to do with how our lives play out, you know? Like, most of my friends are people I've met through where I went to middle school, where I went to college, 
where I work. Like, that's crazy. My whole entire life is changed completely if I were to live in a different place. You know, I think about my sister. Um, She decided to move back to North Carolina in college and she ended up meeting her husband and now she has three kids and they all live there and they have a completely different life than if they were to live in Texas. Anyway, it's just some food for thought. I didn't mean to send y'all into disassociation too, but yeah, (laughs) man, I think I'm just gonna wrap this episode up. Um, This was a short one today because I got some things to do, but yeah, please tell me what your thoughts are. Tell me what your experiences are being a whatever American, like there's not just Vietnamese American. Tell me how your struggles were with the clashes of culture and if you can somehow relate with me as well. I would love to hear your thoughts and your opinions. I'm going to wrap this episode up. As always, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening me cry today and disassociate. And yeah, I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye.